ESPN Tuesday on an all-new Buffy. You know what's wrong with all those home video shows? Shut up. Nobody actually dies. Stop it, or I'm going to smash this camera over your head. Not on Buffy. She's making America's deadliest home video. Please don't kill me. It might save the world. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Skedaddle, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is... You okay? Season 7, episode 16, Storyteller. We'll be talking about the plot, we'll be talking about characters, and we'll be talking about sex with exes. So, spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. In my podcast, we are Beltless. I'm wearing a belt currently. I'm beltless. I'm beltless. Okay. Two thirds of us are beltless. The, Gi- the Rupert Giles hour is beltless. The Rupert Giles hour. The only the podcast Rupert. I'm Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Welcome back. My name is Kelly. I'm here to talk about Buffy with my wonderful co host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. And my other co host, Daniel. Say hello. We're podcasters tormented by our past, tormented by a message we don't understand. Oh. Our own. Our own, yes. <laughs> Constantly confused. Uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Storyteller. Originally aired on February 25th of the year 2003. Written by none other than Jane Espenson. Dear God, 22 of 23 for her. Last was first date just a couple episodes ago. Forgot yeah. that already. Next and finally will be End of Days, episode 21. Directed by a first timer. One mm. of two for her. Marita Grabiak. Uh, or Marita Grabiak. I'm not quite sure. Sorry about that. Uh, the next and final episode will also be end of day. So one of two for her. Who is Marita Grabiak, also known as MJ Grabiak, mercifully. Uh, she has written or she has 56 credits to her name, most of which are Hallmark or Hallmark-esque TV movies. Uh, 20 of those as of 2022 to be exact. Plus a couple episodes of a bunch of TV shows, including Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse, American Horror Story, Bones, Battlestar Galactica, Gilmore Girls, Smallville, and ER. You forgot to say Lost. Also Lost. Lost Also, also, she is credited as a script supervisor on the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movies. So we can blame our new friend, Marita Grabiak, partially for that abomination of a movie. But you know what? I really want to watch again. It's been a really long time, and you've never actually seen it, have you? No, it sounds terrible, though. Did you, you it? think it was an abomination when you watched it? I, no, I Definitely not. It. it was fucking awesome. Yeah, when you were a kid, amazing. yeah. <laughs> like, Wazamo, let's go. Yeah. Yes. And just, like, all I could ever really remember is that they made the, the Koopa's head so tiny, and their bodies were so giant. That's, like, the one thing I that's would like mind. to watch that. If you don't watch it before I come... All right. We should watch it. That would be Absolutely. Because I've watched like people talk about it afterwards and they say it's terrible and I'm sure it is terrible. But oh, I have good memories. Good vibes. Yeah, we watched like a little documentary about it and mm. it's uh, it changed directors and screenwriters like 600 fucking times. Like and then the people they ended up directing it in the end uh, were reviled on the set. Nobody got along with them. They were mm. terrible. Mm-hmm. They were actually, the only other thing they had really done before that was Max Headroom. Do you remember Max Headroom? Oh yeah, fuck yeah I do. They were like the creators and... 
runners of, of Max Headroom, the idea, and then the, the TV show. So everybody thought they were going to do a really cool thing and make a cool like art movie, and, and yeah. then the studio kept screwing everything up and changing people around, and then, yeah, it was wow. just like everybody's embarrassed by it. Like every single person that, that was involved in it is like, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you, Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Catch us next week on Super Mario Bros. Podcast. I mean, honestly, yeah. we might as well. Oh, we'll okay. watch the new uh, Chris Pratt movie, so there you go. Did that come out yet? No, I think it's coming out. Okay. Well, we're in like a Mario mode. We've been replaying Mario 64. We just bought a Nintendo Switch. So we've been playing uh, Luigi's Mansion. Station has been playing that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I've been kicking the ass out of some ghosts. (laughs) That's from like... Right out of them. Yeah, well, it's Luigi's Mansion 3. 3. Oh, 3. Because the first one was awesome. I remember a friend having that way back in the day. I knew about it, and I had GameCube, yeah. Yeah. I and I had seen it like a couple scenes from it. I definitely knew like when he's like Mario, that was like my favorite thing. That's all I knew about the game. (laughs) There's a button where I can make him say Mario. Mario, yeah. Yeah. Is he (laughs) looking for Mario or just randomly? We'll see. Yeah, he got kidnapped. Mario got kidnapped. What a loser. Mario, Mario, Peach, and three toadies. Yeah, kidnapped. Like, does Luigi get kidnapped at any point in the other games? Because he seems to be the hero, really. He's just not there, That's, which is so gutting. Like, Mario, he does his own thing, and no one asks questions about Luigi. Not involved, never, nary a thought That's about him. That's because he's living his own life. And yeah. then Luigi, his entire plot revolves around Mario. <laughs> it's not fair. Anyway, it's a totally different game. It's, like, not really a platformer because yeah. you don't jump. It's yeah. like an investigation. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, a survival no. horror game, it's which like is Alan so Payne cool. It's like Alan Payne or whatever. You're like, yeah, looking yeah, yeah, yeah. at the flashlight. Alan yeah. Wake? Mm-hmm. Alan, Alan Wake, yeah. that's it, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, is there like a Bechdel test for Buffer Mario? Because <laughs> Luigi is not passing it. Because he just talks about Mario all the time. All the I need don't to think, get Luigi something else to do. I don't think anything in the Mario universe could pass that because none of them really speak outside of like screaming their names. Yeah, they don't really <laughs> speak English. And all the characters, they speak like some, some similish kind of thing. Yeah. Although Amazing. they did have like the like the movie scenes or whatever at the beginning to set out the plot. And Mario has his little like um, things where he like gets off the bus to go to the hotel before he gets Mario napped. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Sure. They have like Pokemon speech impediments where they can only yeah. like basically say their names and like Yahoo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's this movie gonna look like? Jesus. I know. <laughs> it's just Chris Pratt going Mario over and over again. Well, it's I, me. It's a me. Because Kelly had left the room when we were playing Mario 64 and she came back and I was like, Did you know if you let Mario sleep long enough? He goes, Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. <laughs> and she was like, No, he fucking doesn't. And so I had to let him sleep long enough that he did it again she was like oh my god <laughs> what is this this hate crime what are we doing <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> oh yeah. man that's hilarious well that's been Mario chat yeah <laughs> this is the newest uh, our spinoff <laughs> section of podcast. this podcast it seems like a fertile ground to start a new pod there you go right I mean Jesus they've got 40 years of history more than than Buffy even so and it's ongoing still making shit it's it's ongoing Xander's in trouble you've got to do something right now go now are you listening Xander's trapped uh where's Buffy the others oh they're trapped too but we've got to save Xander slow down okay uh, can you tell me what happened in this episode of Buffy? That is that has... where we're at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I would love to. Excellent. Thank you. On this episode of Masterpiece Theater, our host is Tucker's brother. I mean, Andrew. Andrew has decided that the best way for him to join the fight against evil is to camp out on the 
only toilet in the Summer's house and narrate Buffy's fights with vampires. Anya busts in and ruins the moment by asking Andrew to just masturbate already. <laughs> Andrew sticks up for himself, saying that he's documenting a legacy for future generations. We are blessed with more of Andrew's drawings, this time of the high school. He wants to describe what Buffy and the potentials are up against with the Hellmouth opening to barf forth uber vamps. However, Andrew explains the seal of Danzelthar opening the way newspapers describe a bullet striking an innocent person while a cop stands idly by. <laughs> Shots fired by the cop. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew films the girls getting ready for the day and decides to do introductions. Buffy sexually pours a bowl of cereal and Spike walks into the frame shirtless. Anya bounces past and girlishly eats a cute grape. Record scratch when Andrew can't remember the first potential's name. Buffy takes <laughs> the stage to give another motivating speech and Andrew sneaks out to give a quick intro of himself. He explains that he was a brilliant, suave, scientist-y, scientist-y Supervillain and Buffy's arch nemesis. Mm. Andrew checks back in on the status of Buffy's speech and sees Kennedy touching Will's arm. He's happy to see the couple seems to be reconciling and reminisces about the time he had an encounter with Dark Willow and easily tossed aside all her spells. Indeed. Oh God, where are we? At school, things seem to be getting worse. In previous seasons, when the Hellmouth opened, it didn't seem to affect the students, but this time they seem to be going full of magical meltdown. Buffy tries to stop two incidents from escalating, but by the time she gets to the admin offices, things only seem to be getting worse. Buffy explains to Principal Wood that she's seen this before, despite what I just said. She explains that on the Hellmouth, what feels real becomes real. An exploding student interrupts her. How <laughs> rude. We get callbacks to Go Fish and the prom, and Buffy guesses that this time the bad mojo is coming from the seal in the school basement that an Ashanti demon dug up and lightly stabbed Xander over and the Scoobies just left chilling with not even covering it up with the six inches of soft dirt they tried to before. I mean, what the hell? It's bad. It's real bad. Back at home, I mean, that's like negligent. Right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, (laughs) back at home, Andrew films Dawn and then a replacement window sash. Andrew interviews Xander and Anya together. He jumps right into the tough questions with asking Xander about leaving Anya at the altar. Uh, at the seal, Buffy confesses that she's had a vision of an army of vicious vampire creatures. Principal Wood decides to stand directly on top of the seal, and to the surprise of no one, he's immediately possessed and attacks Buffy. <laughs> she cracks his head into the rough stone wall and snaps him out of it. Not that he didn't already have head damage from that day. Mm-hmm. Buffy thinks it's time to go to the person who has awakened the seal, Andrew. Xander confesses that he still loves Anya. Anya agrees that she still loves Xander. Neither know if it means anything. Buffy heads home to find Andrew and misses the group of students that surround the seal and begin chanting in Latin. That probably isn't good. Flashback time. We get to see Andrew and Jonathan in Mexico. They both wake up from a nightmare. Jonathan goes to the bathroom and Andrew talks to Warren slash the first who asks if he's gotten the knife. Andrew shows that he has but says he's not sure he can kill Jonathan. Warren reassures him that if he can stab Jonathan, the trio will live as gods. Mm-hmm. Willow interrupts Andrew's memory and says that they need to see the knife. Andrew says the knife is in the kitchen, and it's honestly concerning that none of the 47 people in this house questioned a clearly not food knife in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew reads uh, what the words on the knife say, which leads to a plan. Buffy needs to take Andrew to the seal. Buffy, Spike, and Principal Wood gear up and head out. While it's late and school is over, the rioting has just begun. The <laughs> halls are filled with graffiti and trash cans on fire. Never seen a riot, but I'd like to see that one day. <laughs> <laughs> what, the fuck? what spike and principal wood are immediately tied up fighting with some teenagers principal wood sees this moment and goes to stake spike when his back is turned only to be attacked by another student and distracted buffy leads andrew down into the basement andrew tells buffy how at the seal he pulled out the knife and jonathan attacked him trying to kill him first and killing jonathan was just an accident buffy agrees saying she saw the seal possess principal wood earlier and andrew immediately agrees he was also possessed <laughs> 
Buffy yeah. leads Andrew into the seal room and encounters the teens turned baby bringers. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at home, Anya and Xander put together some furniture, I'm guessing, based on Anya calling Xander a carpenter. It's weird that they're naked and in a bed in the basement, though. <laughs> Anya says she thinks they might finally be over and they can move on. <laughs> as the uh, as Buffy fights the bringers, Andrew retreats to what is uh, comfortable and films her. The last bringer weirdly crawl runs out of the room with the seal glowing. The two begin to circle. Buffy says that Andrew's blood will close the seal. She can't promise she won't kill him. Andrew tries to rationalize that he'll finally earn his redemption. Buffy chastises Andrew for turning everything into a story where there is no responsibility. Buffy confesses to Andrew that not everyone is going to make it, and it's probably his time. She holds him over the seal. She's as- She asks if he's redeemed. Andrew begins to cry and finally comes to terms with his actions. He admits that he knew Warren wasn't Warren and that he killed Jonathan and that he's scared and he understands now what Jonathan felt. His tears drop onto the seal and the seal turns dark. It stopped, Andrew asks. Buffy explains that the seal didn't want blood, but tears. The teenagers turn back into children instead of little murder machines and Principal Wood is surprised that Buffy got it done. (laughs) As if he didn't have a Slayer mom. Andrew speaks to the camera, confessing that he, I guess, like, cut... Later that day, Andrew (laughs) speaks to the camera, confessing that he killed his best friend and he doesn't think he's going to survive the big fight, and that would probably be the right thing. He swallows his words, his mouth is a straight line. He turns off the camera. Thank you very much. Shock ending. Shock ending. I wasn't expecting it. I thought we were going to end on a happy note. We didn't. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, It's a hard episode to summarize. There's a lot going on. so hard. I did a bad job. I'm sorry. No, you did... What are you going to do with like a talking head, weird, fake documentary episode inside of an episode, but then there's also still the regular real episode happening? It's tough. You did a great job. It's tough. tough. All right. So facts. Are you ready for facts? I'm going to give you facts even if you're not ready. Okay. Andrew says that Dawn used to be a key. As we have mentioned before on the podcast, Dawn is still, in fact, a key slash the key. We will pick that thread back up in season 10, issue 25, in Pieces on the Ground. Part five. So yeah, we don't re-examine this for a long time. Which uh, wow, those those other two seasons must be jam-packed if we don't get to that till the end of season ten. The Bronsted Debi Huckle equation or Debi Huckle theory was proposed by Peter Debi and Eric Huckel. Perhaps it's Huckel. There's there's an umlaut as a theoretical explanation for departures from ideality. Ideality in solutions of electrolytes and plasmas. The Debye Huckel <laughs> equation proves a starting point for modern treatments of non ideality of electrolyte solutions. And did I just say the same thing twice? God, I can't even understand. And Pitzer equations can be used to calculate mixed ion activity coefficients and water activities in solutions of high ionic strength for which the Debye Huckel theory is no longer adequate. Pitzer equations are important for the understanding of behavior of ions dissolved in natural water, such as rivers, lakes, and seawater. Also, it smells weird. Yeah, kind of sweaty. Mm-hmm. I know, kind of sweaty. Yeah, I don't know. There were so many words I just immediately didn't understand, I, and even in context, like I couldn't get. I blocked it I just out. Wrote it I, I kind of didn't yeah. know what you were even talking about. So yeah, no one did. I didn't need to do it, but I also felt like I, needed I love to do it. it. No, we did need to do it. That was perfect. Good. The Tuareg people are a large Berber ethnic group that principally inhabit the Sahara in a vast area stretching far from far southwestern Libya to southern Algeria. Oh, to southern Algeria, Niger, Mali, and Burkina Faso. Traditionally nomadic pastoralists, small groups of Tuareg are also found in northern Nigeria. So that knife, a relic of the first, also comes from Africa, just like the power of the slayer. Interesting. Maybe. Is the Tuareg people the same thing as a Tuareg demon, though? 
Is that what he said? Tuareg demons? Yeah, because they were like, you're a demon expert. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I didn't really catch that. I was just excited that they used like a real word. I don't know. Well, never mind the last part, but hey, now you know a little I'm bit sorry, about the Tuareg people. <laughs> it's great. We do. Definitely from Africa. Yep. Yep. Storyteller marks the final episode appearance of Danny Strong and Adam Bush. Goodbye, nerds. Mm. R.I.P. R.I.P. Kind of. I mean, Warren deserves to stay dead. I wonder if Jonathan shows back up. I don't really remember him being in season eight or nine, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Possibly. Hold on. Gra- hold on to your butts. Is that the saying? Hold on to your butts. I've got my butt. That is the saying. Yep. Possibly the greatest fun fact of all time ever. Wow. Late in season seven. Are you ready? Yeah. Andrew's request for a cool, refreshing Zima is apparently an in-joke because Jane Espenson came up with the fucking name. Like, really. Like, she's the one who named Zima. She was working at a marketing company called Lexicon Branding in 1991, and Coors asked them to come up with a name for their new clear wine cooler-esque beverage. And she was the one who did it. She picked Zima because it's the Russian word for winter. But can you fucking believe Jane Espenson, Buffy writer, was also the person that came up with the name fucking Zima of Zima. Zima. She's the reason Zima is Zima. Jane Espenson. Yes, I can believe it because she's the best in the whole world. (laughs) Too much time for one person. I know. I just, I was really shocked. I mean, I guess. I was shocked. I had no idea. Maybe we need to add a new watch called Jane Espenson's Getting Too Powerful, eh? I know. (laughs) She's at her peak powers right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Stacia, what did you think about this episode? Um, You know, I've always, like, traditionally loved this episode, and I watched it. Uh, and I was like, this is great. And then I watched it again to do the plot. And I was like, this is a terrible episode. Oh, yes. Wow. Uh, but pain. I think it's great. I think. Something happens on multiple rewatches back to back where you're oh. like, it just fucks it up. I don't know what it is. It's like you have time to think about it in all the worst ways. Or maybe because you're like, I don't really necessarily want to be writing this. Mm. So you're like, fuck you, show. <laughs> fuck you, show, for making me write this. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I... I don't know. I feel like even when we watch it together, I, it just hit differently. Oh, Daniel, do you like this episode? What do you think about this episode? No, I mean, I hope I like this episode. Yeah. <laughs> A lot's been riding on this episode for seven years <laughs> of my rankings. Um, That's true. The stakes are high for you. Yeah. To me, this is as good as remembered. I'm not sad about it at all. I thought the gag lasted a lot longer. And I'm actually kind of thankful that it didn't last as long as like in my head, the whole episode is the storyteller yeah, yeah. gag. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually relieved that it's not because I'm because, again, it had some substance to it. Like my first reaction was this is a delight because there's not a lot of episodes of Buffy that are just one solid idea executed completely all the way through. And this is like one of the most self-referential episodes of the show. So it's kind of amazing that it can be so referential and kind of all over the place, but yet execute this idea that we need to get you. Andrew from A to B. And it's really good at doing that. And it threads all of our storylines through. And I think Jane is like, that's her wheelhouse. She's so good at doing reference with a great story put together that tells a good tale. So I enjoyed that. There's too much fighting at the end. The riot at the school, I have a lot of questions about. I think it opened up too many questions about the seal of Danzadar. I fucking hate it. I wish I don't have to think about that as much as I have been. But I do love the ending. Another great um, three minutes of the show are are some of its best. Andrew's performance. um, What's his name? What's the actor's name? Tom Link. Tom Link, great, great, great performance from him. Um, I thought it was all good. 
And like Buffy's really cool, calm. And, you know, of course she wasn't going to kill him, but she really sold it. And she did, the thing yeah. she was saying to him, you know, imagine if your blood saves the world. Like it's such a yeah. powerful thing to say. I love, oh, I love that so much. So there was just a lot of good meat. And then I loved the ending. I loved him just being like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to tell the stories anymore. Shut the, yeah. shut the camcorder. I thought it was great. When your blood pours out, it might save the world. What do you think about that? Does it buy it all back? It might have just suffered for me while watching of like overhyping it in your head. Like, oh, yeah, I remember it just being so funny and it's like so good. And it still is good. But like something about it, I just like didn't quite reach the tippity top. as like I thought it would. I thought this was going to be an easy number one for this season. And spoiler, it was not. But still solid. And I, yeah, the ending, I 100% agree. I was like, wow, what a out of nowhere, really powerful moment. But Buffy has been doing that a lot this season. It's, so it's funny, like, too, because Superstar was another one that you you two both said basically the same thing. Like, it's a great episode on paper. I remember it being great, but there was mm. something about it that didn't really hit. Yeah. Now, the reason why that one didn't hit is because it was the first week of COVID. And that was, I mean, I remember <laughs> that was a huge, that was our first episode we ever did since COVID. And, but this one's fun because it's, what are the reasons? Who knows? I think it's a little more objective on this one that, yeah, maybe it's just not as good. As you guys remember it, you know, it'd be fun for you guys to watch Superstar again and see if your your minds have changed out of the COVID world, you know, mm. or is this one you don't really have any burdens on you. So, yeah, maybe it's just not as good. It's still good. Yeah. It's but not like good, number though. one. Yeah. Capable, I think you know, it's... I do wonder, I think maybe it's not that this episode is good, but this episode makes me wish the rest of the season was better. <laughs> like you like you get this like funny, cute, like Buffy um, classic Buffy jokes in the first half with Andrew being silly and then you get the really good character development that we like in the second half with Andrew and it's like you know we don't really see Andrew as like a fully fleshed out character until this episode and then we'll just like chuck him to the side and we won't see it again right. and it's like I wish if we had to have the potentials we could have had some of that but we don't know the potentials of those people and even Andrew who's like a nothing person doesn't know the potentials of those people because they don't matter they're just like these little army figures you move around on the board or whatever and so it just it like frustrates me that it's like we wasted time doing this like stupid storyline with Kennedy and Willow when it's just like that didn't resonate the way that this does at the end when you're just like oof like Andrew really learned something like you really feel like he's grown and I don't feel like Willow's learned anything or Kennedy's learned anything like we're just like slogging through (laughs) Yeah. come with me now if you will gentle viewers join me on a new voyage of the mind a little tale I like to call Buffy slayer of the vampires. Well, I would like to know how you feel about Andrew in general. So I found out that, according to Reddit at least, that a lot of people do not like Andrew. They are not a fan of the character. Uh, they mostly say that it's just because he's annoying, uh, but which I, I don't agree with. I think he's hilarious. But they, the biggest thing they cite is that he committed unforgivable sins the the number one killing jonathan obviously but also uh when in dead things when they kill when warren kills katrina he's like we got away with murder that's kind of cool stuff like that that they think he's a terrible person that's like unforgivable um and i can kind of see their point i just don't agree stacia thoughts thoughts on that thoughts on andrew thoughts on uh the forgivableness thoughts on uh him being terrible (laughs) 
I mean, would I trust Andrew with literally anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But he also I, seems massively incompetent. I don't, so that's like well, a different no, thing. but just like I would never trust. I I don't trust him to like be loyal to anyone. I don't think that mm. he. He seems very opportunistic that he's evil when he's got a crush on Warren and he wants to be around Warren and now he's good when it serves him. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like part of the reason why the end of this episode is so, you know, impactful is it feels like he finally actually did learn something, you know, like this actually finally touched him and nothing has. Like he's just sort of like wandering through the world, um, watching it and not experiencing it or something i don't know the right phrasing but so i can definitely see because if if this was my life and andrew was someone i was around i wouldn't want to be anywhere near him i wouldn't think he was funny i think he was annoying but like as a viewer i think he's funny yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean it would get old the shtick would get old i mean i understand why yeah. they hate him i don't agree. exactly I think he's hilarious because he's being written by very funny writers so it's funny that you would not like him because he's written as a TV character who is funny. Um, I like Andrew as a character. You're right about the arc. I didn't really think about the the future episodes going forward, but of course they're going to just throw this to the side and we're never going to talk about it again, which does kind of cheapen this whole thing. But I don't know. The Buffy fans, they, they're not very good at picking the winning horses, and I think this is another <laughs> L for them. Because I use, like, Don's stupid, and, I mean, next they'll be like, oh, I love the potentials. Like, you know, they're just, right, everything right, is just right. wrong on their part. So, But I agree, I would never want to be around someone like Andrew because he is just, he will just go with whatever is easiest. You yeah. hope you learn something, but... Whatever's easiest. God, do we really have to, to do all this for this yeah. guy? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just surprising that we would do this. And the murdering thing... That's been brought up on the show. I mean, that's not uh, that's not insignificant. So, why does he get the pass? Why is he forgiven? Um, question mark? Question mark? I mean, the first is right to point that out, but nobody really interrogates Buffy about it. We just kind of breeze by. I mean, he's in good company confidentially. A lot of people, a lot of her people are murderers. Never forget. I know, absolutely. <laughs> and then also, him kind of Buffy even had a line uh, a couple episodes ago where he's like a mushroom. He takes on the flavor of whatever is around him, which is yeah. what to your point, where like he kind of just goes where the wind blows him. Right? If he's mm-hmm. into, if he's smitten by somebody, or he's into an idea of like, oh, that's cool or dangerous, he's just gonna go along with it. Or if it serves him, right? Like mm-hmm. right now, it serves him to be in the company of Buffy because she can keep him safe theoretically. And yeah. For whatever reason, they didn't just immediately turn him over to the cops. Which, question, Daniel, why didn't they immediately turn him over to the fucking cops? He is a human who murdered a human with a human weapon. Like, this was not real. Sure, he was being manipulated by the first, but for all intents and purposes and from any outside observer, he just straight up murdered another person. In case you haven't noticed, the police of Sunnydale are deeply stupid. Why, why does he get a pass? He only gets a pass because we need him to open up the seal because we couldn't think of another way to do it. We can't have Buffy, I guess, break him out of prison, even though we've already done that before. Maybe we've done it before, so we can't do it again. Uh, you know, I think it's just laziness uh, uh, in a way. But he's a great, he's a funny character. So I get w- the temptation to be lazy and to have him around is strong. Yeah, it's uh, he's he's especially tough. I mean, we've gone over at length about the spike and the willow of it all. But like Andrew seems an easy yeah, just throw that guy in jail. Sorry. He we'll get him out him. when you need his tears. Get his fucking tears and pop that shit on. I mean, but they didn't know even know that until right now. And this dude's been mm-hmm. here for five episodes now. Like, 
it, like you just said, they break them out of jail when you need them, I guess. But yeah, right. And so like we didn't look up how to how to stop the seal of Denzelar before. We just kind of like gave it up. Like Willow just found out right now. Where the fuck is Giles? <laughs> Daniel, I didn't Giles. We, oh fucking my god, all caps. Goddamn question. Oh, that's my. So I don't want to give away all the KO, but I mean, her <laughs> saying, her saying, I know just who we can talk to about. I the know, seal. and I just yelled, and I said, Giles, Giles. Andrew, what the fuck? Oh, it's <laughs> so it, mad. If you're gonna pay for Anthony Stewart head, buy him at the end of the season. Do something <laughs> worthwhile for this man. Oh my God, he didn't yeah. need to be going to China and even here. The whole thing is so bad. So Sorry. Bad. So no, don't be sorry. I had the same exact oh, infuriating. Makes me so mad. I know just the person to talk to. I was like, for sure, here comes Giles. <laughs> no, just no. Uh, do you think that it's possible that Andrew's manipulating everyone? That he is just here to save his own skin, uh, or do you think he really wants to be part of the team and do good? For God's sakes, Andrew! You've been in here for thirty minutes. What are you doing? Entertaining and educating. Why can't you just masturbate like the rest of us? I mean, I think he wants to do good until he's given a better offer. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that would comport with what we've just discussed, which is like he Mm -hmm. just does whatever is easiest. But what you want for the growth, and it seems like we do get there at the end, is that, no, he would pick this. He would keep picking this. He would keep picking to do the right thing. Uh, Yeah, it, it does seem like there's at least some sense that, like, maybe he understands that he deserves some sort of punishment for killing Jonathan and that if Mm. he died in the final fight that wouldn't be unjust but I don't know you know a week from now if he would still feel the same way Mm. (laughs) you know what I mean once the the immediacy of Buffy standing next to him with a knife threatening to kill him like the Slayer saying I'm going to murder you right now to save the world has faded if he would care like if it would have that same impact or not i don't know i mean i guess we're supposed to think that he's on the side of good because earlier in the season we get the first trying to bait him into stabbing all the potentials but i think the only reason why he didn't go with that is because he was like well one that didn't work for me the last time i did this for you (laughs) and two i found out i really don't like stabbing things (laughs) so like i don't want to do this that sounds hard yeah but i think like if another person came and was like hey do you want to rob this bank and be a super villain and have a freeze ray gun he'd be like yeah yeah Yeah, like no lessons were learned Yeah, I guess it's good that they hold his interest enough going yeah. forward and even through the comics that in he the comics, wants yeah. to so be he, right. he chooses they the give side him a purpose. Good, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. And, and I mean he could easily I think if the right guy came along and, and you know, tempted him with something that was even better, it could still happen. But they, they gave him a purpose, they gave him a second chance, they kept him safe and it's like, Yeah, this is definitely the best deal I'm gonna get for now mm-hmm. he also taped his own confession so <laughs> you know if anybody ever, if you ever wanted to fuck around be like go to prison andrew you're going to prison right now <laughs> well they were also so fascinated by um buffy and the scoobies in general that it's like on some level i think they all just wanted to be part of the scooby gang and so mm-hmm. this was a roundabout way of getting there but once he's there and semi-accepted you know I, that might be a that might be a genuine turning point i mean we know from the comics it is a turning point he is on the side of good. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he just wanted to hang out with Buffy. But there's not an easy way to get into that club. Wasn't that a joke earlier this season or even last season where it was like, and then maybe we I, I could hang out season. at her house? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that yeah. was last year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, being obsessed with her is one thing, but I think they're like deep down, you got to believe maybe they're like, yeah, it would be fun to fight evil and like be part of the superhero team, right? Because that's all we're doing. We're just the villain, the supervillain side. But I'm sure he just wants, you know, purpose and a degree of power or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and Jonathan, I think, legitimately had respect for Buffy and, and looked oh, yeah. up to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure that Andrew was there in the background the whole time. We just didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> and also had those same run ins at high school where she was do- being awesome mm-hmm. and saving people. And he was there at prom when she got the class protector at award. Yeah, yeah he was just somewhere. way in the back. He couldn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy getting outshined by his brother with the fucking devil dogs. Mm hmm. I wish uh, Joss was like um, George Lucas, and he goes back and like and edits digitally <laughs> added the characters. That'd be great. <laughs> okay. There's this thing that happens here in this school, open hell mouth, where the way a thing feels, it kind of starts being that way. Oh, my exes live in the same house as me. Uh, Xander and Anya reunite. In a pelvic way. That's beautiful. Or taken literally incredibly gross. I was just thinking that too. I wrote it, so I'm saying it. (laughs) Harsh, harsh. Disgusting. (laughs) So, do you think this is a good idea for these kids? Ooh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, in my head, they were still building IKEA furniture. (laughs) I will never admit that they had sex (laughs) in that bed where they were naked. They just they built down. that bed, <laughs> and then they had to lay down because they were sweaty and hot. <laughs> Is this a good idea? This little bit of backsliding. I mean, they admitted even on tape that they still cared about each other. On tape, and they did. And uh, you know, they're not seeing anyone else, so that that's kosher there. I don't know. Do you think this is a good idea, Stacia? Um, You know, I don't remember what happens for them. Yeah. In this season, I mean, I know. I, spoiler alert: Anya dies. Yeah. But I don't remember if they're back together. When that happens or not. I don't remember. So I think this is neutral. I mean, I guess it depends on how it plays out. I feel like this is pretty a pretty common occurrence where you have sort of like you're like, because I, I, talking about Grey's Anatomy forever, <laughs> there's this scene where Meredith Grey says, you never know when your last time is going to be your last time. And so I think sometimes to have closure, it's nice to know like this is the last time. Sure. Yeah. And so you can just let it go as opposed to being like, I never saw this coming. Mm. So I think this could be a good way for them to actually move on. But I don't know if that's what they're going to do or not. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know, Daniel, do you think that this is a healthy, OK thing for them or it's going to fuck up their relationship? Like they, I think they're on good footing right now. So I don't yeah. know if sex can change things. Did they just hu- make a huge mistake when they built that furniture? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they made a mistake. I think that is a pretty predictable thing. That I think happens probably with lots of people. Mm-hmm. So it's really up to them on what to do. I am glad that for me that I got closure to Hell's Bells one year <laughs> later. And that's all that I care about. Now, I don't know what the future holds for me and Hell's Bells. And what the future holds for all, me. Yeah. It's important that I feel okay. Um, I mean, yeah. it's good to know yeah. that you're okay, Daniel, because I've Thank worried you. Yes. about you. No justice for Stuart Burns, but at least we get justice for these two kids. And I did like it. I thought that the writing was really good and Jane did a great job. And I'm so removed from caring about them in any capacity. See Hell's Bells as my finale for that Mm -hmm. shit. But like, I I thought it was really, was really sweet. It was touching. It was, it was what you would expect for two people in their position to say. And I just liked Andrew, like rewatching it. It's like, he's got that, like, you know, 
he's a hopeless romantic type of character as well. And that's all, that's a fun like side that we've seen constantly from Andrew. So another great mm-hmm. use of like the the storyteller element plus good stuff, good character stuff. But I genuinely don't remember how it turns out except for Anya dying. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what happens with them. I'm not going to find anyone out there like you, am I? Doesn't seem likely. Well, that makes my next question extra good because do you think this is in fact the last time? And if you don't remember, then you can answer honestly as somebody who doesn't know. Stacia, is this, is this the really the last one? I kind of think, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm wrong. About I don't know, Daniel. What do you think? I I hope it is. I mean, I want it. I want it to be the last one, but I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I mean, it was good. It's a really nice, realistic portrayal of adults. I think, yeah. you know, in, in like a, a good place. I think that, you know, having sex with your exes isn't necessarily the worst idea. Again, assuming you're not both in other relationships at the time or whatever your agreements, blah, 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 all that shit aside. Yeah, only build furniture with consenting adults. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. But, you know, they, they're a year removed from the breakup. I think that's a good place, number one, that, yeah. you know. And they they seem to be at a good place friendship-wise, too. Like, they're not still really bitter and biting at each other. I mean, they saw their snarkiness, but, you know, they, there was a lot of venom at the beginning of the season still with mm-hmm. them, which made sense. But they've gotten to, like, a friend place, and it's been long enough that they're not – they doesn't seem to be totally skewed on one side or another because that's the other toxic thing that can happen when you're dealing with exes. That one is still very, very, very into the other person, and the other one is not so much. So then you have sex on – and then, like – you're making everything worse because the person who's still not into the other person is like, oh, fuck, I just made a huge mistake. And the other person's like, oh, this means something more than it did. True. And then like can be a huge, terrible mess. So I think that they were in a really good spot. And, and you know, it could be the last time. And it'd be really nice and sweet. And I think it felt like closure. Like you said, it felt, so, felt good. Is it? It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do they get back together? Not so much. That's another cool realistic portrayal of an adult relationship where like yeah. they're not like we're boyfriend girlfriend we're fiancés we're like you know we're definitely getting back together because we had sex it's like they have a, a complicated past they have a strong friendship and sometimes they have sex maybe it means something maybe it doesn't i don't know uh but they definitely do build some more furniture mm. uh if they're officially together whatever that would mean i don't believe so um but as they said in the show even you know like we i still care about you i know you still care about me there's still something here but you know, unfortunately, great. So I my closure is out the window. Great. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we need to get a counselor for Daniel. Know, at least I know I can brace for it. We'll see. <laughs> but I know she dies, so at least there's there's a little bit of closure. Right he now. Gets, it does end. He gets half blinded, and she dies, and they all live happily ever after. <laughs> Although she's gonna come back as a cyborg in season 15 or whatever, and it's like, oh god, yeah. And the first Maybe. thing she'll what? say is, "Do you want to marry me?" Hell's Bells Part 2. <laughs> Xander. Xander. Stuart Burns. Stuart Burns. <laughs> oh, she marries Stuart Burns. See, that would oh, be In the twist. underworld. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'm into that. And then we see Xander, and he goes to the underworld for some reason, and he runs into Anya, who's dating Stuart Burns, Flander. Amazing. Oh, God. Awkward. And then they have to kill him all over again. And then he goes to heaven. <laughs> and then we follow Stuart Burns in heaven, because there's been a mix-up. You're not supposed to die in hell. Oops. Oh. He just went up to heaven. That's the secret cheat code to get into heaven if you're in hell, is you have to die again. Don't let anyone know. You have to get murdered by your wife's ex. (laughs) Brutally. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking podium or whatever. Marble column to the skull. God. Stop telling stories. Life isn't a story. Sorry. 
Sorry. Oh, shut up. You always do this. You make everything into a story, so no one's responsible for anything because they're just following a script. Please don't kill me. Warren said Jonathan will be okay. I trusted him, and I lost my friend. You didn't lose him. You murdered him. I know. You don't need to kill me. You said we could all get through this. I made it up. I'm making it all up. So what kind of hero does that make me? Tucker's brother, a.k.a. Andrew, a.k.a. the filmmaker of our generation. Yeah. Uh, so... Is it actually a good idea to be filming all of this, having proof of demons? Which, okay, so I want to make a correction slash revision to some previous episodes. I mentioned in some episode recently where I was like, oh yeah, Vi says, I saw a picture of a vampire once, it was blurry and whatever, blah, blah. And I was like, wait a second, did we ever establish on this show? Like, we know they don't show up in mirrors, but they show up on pictures and stuff? I don't think we've ever talked about that. Egg on my face. Halloween, season two, episode six. Spike has one of his goons tape Buffy while she's fighting to learn her fighting moves and she's oh, fighting yeah. vampires in there on the film. Also, in uh, season three, Buffy's birthday episode where she loses her powers, helpless, uh, Henry Kralik, the crazy vampire, Jeff Cobra, oh, yeah. never forget, yeah, yeah. he takes Polaroid selfies um, with himself. Doing crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's well, like, with with Joyce, like tied up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, vampires show up on film and uh, in pictures, but not in mirrors. So, now that we've got that out of the way, Makes my sense. embarrassing gaffe. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just a good idea to to, to have uh, filmography evidence of demons and shit. Most everybody's on board except for Buffy. Like Rona says, if we save the world, it'd be kind of nice to have a record of it. Xander's like, yeah, you keep saving the world. There's no proof. Anya, yeah, you know, for future generations. And Willow's like, it does help the girls with training. You know, few in the tapes. Andrew, valuable record, important document for the ages. A slayer in action. Spike is clearly an Instagram slut in the making. Everybody's on board except for Buffy. She's super against it. I don't want you doing any of that. It's distracting. Come on, no one else thinks this is idiotic. And, and even Xander's like, why are you, why is this getting under your skin so much? Because it's a waste of time. Someone has to agree with me. She would absolutely hate our TikTok generation. But, Stacia, where do you come down on this? Do you think it's a good idea to document this? Or is it, like, dangerous because then the world at large can easily know about uh, the existence of, of paranormal creatures or paranormal stuff? The only way I can believe this world is, exists is that most people do know that the paranormal exists and they just compartmentalize it. Mm-hmm. Well, any man knows and literally everyone in Sunnydale has to know. We've the just chosen not to. The government yeah. knows. government so. knows, yeah. yeah. Do you think that this there could be any consequences for this? Like, do you know if this got out, like, they would carpet bomb Sunnydale or? <laughs> no, because <laughs> she's a weapon. Like, no, they would try to do what they did in the initiative and try to bring her onto their side. And she has mm. all of their values and she stands up for their justice system. So, yeah. She's not that hard of a mark to be for truth, justice in the American way. So, no, they're not going to carpet bomb Sunnydale. These, these <laughs> poor people. They won't need to anyway. They won't need to. Oh, yeah, they're they're all just well, the <laughs> They're all just zombies anyway. I mean, it's more of like, God, a sociologist should come in here and really study what the fuck is going on here. That's what's more interesting. It's like a war zone inside of America that's been going for seven years minimum. And no one just, like, talks about it at all. Um, I think it's pretty cool to have uh, documentary footage of it. Um, I don't see – no, I have no I have no qualms about it. Because it would be fun for, like, some family in Fargo to be, like, watching ABC Nightly News and to be like, hey, out of Sunnydale, there's vampires happening. Like, that sounds fun. 
We we can only get that from Andrew. <laughs> you see what and that girl thoughtful. out in California's doing? Holy shit! <laughs> California's going to hell since I voted for Reagan. What's going on here? I knew it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think it could be destructive for sure. I think I'm on Willow's side when it comes to like you know you do the court our football coach thing where you like you got to tape the other team and see what they're doing that kind of thing. Are they? Doing Are they that? Review- I mean, I doubt it. I highly fucking doubt it. I think it. that was just something that Willow said. <laughs> there's no fucking way that they're you sitting there right. doing the fuck. Check out what you're doing there, Rona. Oh, you got to do it a little better. No, because they're just teenage girls that are like important, rigorous, thing. Like, what intense are we doing? training no exercises. <laughs> it's all very structured and 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 very important. Um, so, Stacia, what's Buffy's problem? Why is she so pissed? Because it's stupid. Because <laughs> it's stupid? What's stupid about it? Like, for what? <laughs> for what? Why film? Yeah. Uh, as we just went over. Bored. Important training okay, techniques. Okay, clearly the potentials aren't watching it, as we also just went over. <laughs> and, like, oh, memorializing it. Not. Is he handing over the tapes every night yeah, to right. analyze? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, memorializing it for future generations. I don't even know what that means. Like, what... Well, okay, Daniel, as a historian. Oh, it'd be a, it would be incredible to have. I mean, right? Andrew is a hero for doing this type of work. But in terms of, I mean, he has like super access as well. Like, I mean, why not? I mean, he, what is he doing? I disagree with Buffy being like, it's a waste of time. The, girl, the whole thing's a waste of time. You're the only <laughs> one that can fight this. You have a te- you have an army of teenage girls who don't go to school anymore that are just going <laughs> to die right away. What the fuck is it a problem that Andrew is like, filming anything it uh, it doesn't matter everybody else is cool with it stop being weird stop being weird stop being weird buffy god come on so you think it's a waste of time because it's not actually benefiting anything so even like but you know what about the historical document future societies yeah i agree what future society where is this going like who are you showing this to are you taking this to like the Cannes film festival no or you know the next time first evil pops up somewhere in the world you'll be like Mm -hmm. look this is how we stopped it absolutely how about that? That'll mm-hmm. never happen. <laughs> It'll never well, happen. This will get digitized. This will be put on TikTok in a 56-part documentary on TikTok. The people <laughs> oh, will see it. The people will see it and they will know. This will never become anything. I'm Amanda and I grew up right no, here. not you, sweetheart. I don't think it matters that, tu- or, that Tucker, <laughs> that Andrew's filming it because he clearly doesn't have a purpose and isn't not doing his actual job to film. But I also don't really see the point of it. Well, it's kind of what makes Buffy launch into her whole speech, right? She's mm-hmm. like, this is fucking pointless. You're wasting time. We're all going to die. <laughs> then, I got to go to work. I got to go to work. Yeah. Well, it is pretty damning that it's like our Slayer just keeps saying the same fucking speech over and over. So mm-hmm. we're going to save you from that. It's like, no, that might actually, that would be relevant to what we need. I would say that the worst part about it all is that the only person I would trust um, for if this is a good idea or a bad idea would be motherfucking Giles. And that's, that's, he's the only one because at the end of the day, he's just filming a bunch of nonsense. But if it's going to be put to like educational use, which it definitely could be, I feel like you need somebody to oversee that. I don't think Andrew has the capability of that because he's basically just riffing and monologuing and going nuts. It's not that there's not useful stuff in there, but like you need a watcher to wa- write that shit down for the future to know what to do. But right now, it's just like on a VHS tape. What is the value of that? I don't know. It's if just going to get sucked one. into a pit. And that's um, it, too. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is all pointless, but he's still bored. Like, what are they supposed to do all day? I don't understand yeah. that. Like, who cares? He could sit around and play Mario on his Game Boy. 
invoking the the watcher that no longer exists that's a good point what would giles say uh in this situation would he be totally into the idea of chronicling i mean this is just another better in my opinion a version of a watcher's diary right because it's objective you can see what is happening in real time it's not just relying on the narrative of whomever is writing it down i mean obviously you have your slant to what they're choosing to film and then obviously andrew's commentary but you can see literally what's happening on the screen so that could be a huge benefit but then i could also see giles being like are you a complete idiot? What if this gets in the hands of whomever? Insert scary government organization that's going to trap Buffy because she's some kind of fucking superhero that needs to be experimented on because that's the classic and the sci-fi stuff. So yeah. I could I could see him going either way. I don't know. What do you think Giles would say about it? You. I don't think Giles would have a problem. Yeah. You think he'd be more like, oh, this is a, maybe a good idea to have a, a chronicle of this time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's kind of functionally the same thing, like you said, as the Watcher's Diaries, which makes me feel like, honestly, uh, Giles is slacking on his duties as Watcher because he just, like, fucked off to England and stopped chronicling. (laughs) If he ever, Buffy's triumphs. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, because this could, I could see this being a huge tool. I wonder if he would be almost like, I can't believe we didn't do this before. This is genius. Let's, let's document every little thing. I don't know. What do you think? Would Giles be like, ah, how dare you? This is dangerous. Or be into it. Yeah, the only reason I think that he would he would echo the chorus that's like this is fine, and I think at the very least he would just be like, "I'm not a watcher anymore, man. It's fine. Who cares? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter." Um, but I mean, like he would definitely see the value. The only reason he would say no is that he's afraid of Buffy. Like if he need if he feels like mm. Buffy needs to have an ally, he's a very strong ally. But I just he has been so checked out for so long that I just mm-hmm. can't see him. Like if you were to ask him without Buffy around and she wasn't like oh, I hate this, then he would give his opinion and it would be the same as everyone else's, which is like who care who gives a shit. We're just waiting. Yeah. We're just in a holding pattern here. And then Buffy's like no, and he's like well yeah no no because Buffy says so you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a that's actually a good point that he would probably just be like, I don't know, whatever. I'm not I'm I'm barely fucking here. If Buffy's mad, maybe we don't do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. At least if nothing else to save us a fucking speech cuz it center center on a tear. <laughs> I had a vision of what's to come. A horrible vision. Hundreds upon hundreds. Honestly, gentle viewers, these motivating speeches of hers tend to get a little long. Okay. So he should be uh, writing those out word by word because he oh, needs speeches. to be the chronicler of yeah. what happened. Oh, my God. It's really bad. <laughs> Giles, where are you, Giles? God. How okay. do they explain away? Do they explain where he's at? So far, not so much. I mean, oh, we've had two man. solid episodes of him not being in a second of them. And okay. we haven't had even a mention Nary a mention. Where the fuck is Giles? Doesn't he live here? Doesn't everyone live here? I'm so... I just don't... It's just... It's awful. It's awful. Are you ready for a round of Reasonable Ridiculous? This is not my best work. Prepare for disappointment. Okay? Okay. Reasonable Ridiculous. Buffy and Principal would openly talk about the Hellmouth and Slayer stuff directly in front of the other office staff. Like, literally while leaning on the reception desk. Reasonable or Ridiculous? Completely reasonable. Because this is Sunnydale and this is what happens? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's clear what is happening. <laughs> Jane, are reasonable or ridiculous? Absolutely reasonable. Are you kidding me? They're totally fine. <laughs> they have to be looking at what's going on out there. A kid blew his brains out and nobody did anything, so it's fine. I mean, apparently the uh, principal walked in with a bleeding head wound and the secretary was just like, la, 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 la. Here's the napkin. Back to work. Yep. <laughs> uh, that brings me to my next question. Reasonable ridiculous. A student explodes and Principal Wood has zero reaction. 
Not only does Principal Wood have zero reaction, but Buffy makes a little quip. Yes, even yep. more damning. Buffy jokes about it. So reasonable, ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. Daniel. It's absolutely reasonable. I mean, these people are so traumatized and scarred. I I was shocked. And like outside, there's a couple of people looking. They're like, ooh, what's going on in there? But nobody (laughs) person. But no one cares. No one does anything. It is so damning. Remember in like season one, we have a body fall out of a locker and it's like ruins everybody's week. I know. It's crazy. Simpler times. What did you do? That's mean potential our, right there. Those are our two witnesses <laughs> to murder. <laughs> and yet they have nothing to say. Nothing you, happens. You should screenshot that and just title it witnesses to murder. <laughs> hey, it's not murder. That dude just exploded. If anything, I guess it's suicide. Murder by the hell mouth. Spontaneous human combustion. Someone had yep. to clean it up. The janitor had to clean up a dead <sighs> body. Is- Spontaneous human explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Insane. That terrible, tragic medical mystery. Yes. Which haven't people spontaneously combusted in this show before, so it's not unheard of. Has yet. someone? We were- I thought somebody we were trying to remember. Ago, right? No one's exploded, but that woman <laughs> who we talked about, her hands caught on fire. In The Witch, yeah. Oh, one of the cheerleaders' the hands catch on fire. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't remember, because Buffy made a point to be like, all this shit's happened before. I was like, I know, a kid never exploded. It, none of it happened No before. one ever attacked anybody through a mirror, but then I saw online that what they, she, they think she was referencing was lessons this year when Dawn- had the the mummy zombie or the zombie attack her kind oh, from of from the mirror yeah. yeah from the mirror but i'm like that's not really what that's I was that is ask about that one yeah it's like a mirror making fun of someone it's not i don't think that's like the same thing i mean who hasn't done stuff like that from time to time i mean i made this one guy spontaneously combust and he sent his whole village on fire stop being scary for a minute and listen to what i'm trying to tell you finally reasonable ridiculous andrew never noticed that there was writing on the jonathan murdering knife despite recognizing it instantly when it's handed to him uh, so ridiculous. This made me so mad. He's apparently a demon expert and he never noticed there's demon writing. He can, re- it would be like being handed a piece of paper with English on it. And we're just like, oh, I never noticed those were words. <laughs> Daniel, reasonable, ridiculous. It's, it's awful. It's absolutely uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it's so hard to like give this shit a pass and you just have to. What What can you do at this point? I don't want to bring it down, so I just have to say it's fine. It's good. It's all good. We love it. We can't. We can't. If this was a season four or five, and I had a bunch of numbers to deal with, I'd be digging the shit out of this. This stuff really is weak. <laughs> That's weak. The seal is weak. A lot of the the threads that keep this together are classically bad, Buffy. But again, the storyteller element so good. That's it. Yeah, but bad. Oh, Ridiculous. I forgot to ask you when I, we were talking about Andrew. Uh, We've decided the seal of Danzelthar makes people crazy, um, mm. which fine, whatever. Yep. And now there's this thing in the basement of the high school called the the seal of Danzelthar, and it, it's sort of a door to the Hellmouth. Uh, due to some circumstances, it got opened up a little bit recently. Uh. We know that Andrew, well, I guess we don't know. Andrew was likely lying when he's like, oh, yeah, the seal. That's what. I, that's why I ended up killing Jonathan. 
Uh, but do you think there's any truth to that at all? That maybe the seal had something to do with influencing Andrew into actually stabbing Jonathan, or was it clearly no. just the the first stuff? No, Buffy even immediately was like, "That's you just completely changed your whole story. That's not what you told me." Yeah. yeah. Do you do you think we're supposed to think that for even a minute, Daniel? That we're supposed to think as the audience that, oh yeah, maybe that is what caused him to do it. I, mean, I think. I, well, I think. Sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, just like. The question mark still lingers for Andrew because we have seven more episodes to go, six more episodes to go. So, like, is he reformed? Is he not? He right. could definitely still be an agent. So I think we take it for face value because that's just an episode of TV. But, yeah, I think the question still lingers if he if he is reformed or not. So it could still be bad. Learning that people aren't really a fan of Andrew, I could see this being an easy device for the writers to be like, oh, like, it's okay that he killed Jonathan. I mean, not okay, but like, look, it really, really wasn't his fault. The first was fucking with him and this thing was possessing him. Like, you know, what's he, what are you going to do? So I didn't, wasn't sure how we were but supposed he admitted to do about to it. But he admitted to, I killed him yeah. because I liked it. I wanted to do it. Yeah. Walter White style. I mean, he, right. he said he knew that he was fake and he still did it anyway. Maybe he thought. That what he, Warren, the first, was saying was going to come true. That could have been an element of it. But he did know it was wrong. And he knew that mm-hmm. it was a, a mirage. So it's pretty yeah. fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think he was under the thrall of anything. But I just wanted to throw that out well, I think as the audience, we're supposed to take it as another story he's telling. Because yeah. we see him voluntarily explain that the seal was opened. And he uses that, like... Uh, past tense was opened not like I opened it right. you know like this this thing was done unto the world not like I did this thing and he conveniently doesn't even mention himself or Jonathan how the seal was actually opened just that it was and then when he's specifically confronted with you did this explain how you did this he tries to blame Jonathan for it right. and then when Buffy gives him an even better out he immediately switches to a new story that makes him look better oh I didn't even have any I was completely possessed and so like that's why i think in the end when he like finally like recognizes like i did this and i made the choice to do this and there's no other explanation like it's my responsibility Mm -hmm. is why that works because we see him constantly trying to sort of like wiggle out of it as something that happened and not something he caused to happen right i mean that's why the episode's so powerful because we see him reenact the trio's dynamics in his own way we see him do the Willow's evil, you know, like that was a great, a great reuse of old mm-hmm. footage and just retelling a story. But it's like, we know that that's not true. So we know that he's, he's full of shit. And just like, then, you know, getting to this point right here where, yeah, he's just retelling the story as it suits him until he's run out of rope and he has to accept the, the fact. And that's mm-hmm. what Buffy was banking on, right? Was the tears to flow. I mean, that's fine. Don't get It worked out. It worked out. Don't get fucking started. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm about to get you started, but not before I remind everyone that we're a, we're a real podcast. You can find us everywhere, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We have a website, bbpod.wordpress.com, that has notes about our show. And, uh, you know, any references that we have, and you're like, hey, you played some arbitrary crip, clip, crip, clip from this show or something. What the hell was that? Hey, bbpod.wordpress.com. Also on that website while you're there, if you're into music, like the music that we play on this podcast or the music that's played in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's available on Spotify, you can uh, you can find a link right there to that playlist on our website. Or if you'd rather just go to Spotify because you're already there, you can type in Beat Me hyphen Funtime Playlist for Podcast Fan Season 7. Oh, she's a professional. It's over. The game it's just the game's not as fun anymore. Every, every <laughs> better and better. <laughs> so yes, you can go to Spotify, type in that, 
and listen to some tunes. Too Moving much. on. Uh, it's I think it's time to, to yell about some stuff. Don't you think? You want to yell? You want to yell some more? I love yelling. Okay, do it. Oh, you do it then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have to say I love the weird affectation that Andrew takes on where he says words ridiculously. Uh, the one I specifically wrote was cruel. Oh, yeah. Cruel. Vampire. Excellent stuff. Uh, yeah, how can you not like him? Come on. I know. So funny. <laughs> Daniel? Uh, so I'll just end my seal of Daniel. Danzathar, Danzathar, yes. whatever. Um, so this seal was made at one point with a serious weakness in it, which is the tears of your enemy or whatever the person who mm-hmm. opened it did it. So when this seal was made and transported to Sunnydale High, it's has it always been there or was it put there I think during it's construction? Or always been there. Which has always know. been there. Has know. it ever been opened before? And did somebody's tears close it before? And then we opened it again. Yeah, because again, this is just so random. You shouldn't tell anybody about your weaknesses. And if it hasn't happened before, you wouldn't (laughs) be able to research it. So this is completely random or it has been documented before. And it feels like it should be so much easier to find. Oh, fuck. The Seal of Danzathar, which was found in Sunnydale a thousand years ago that took the tears of the last person who killed to, to close it. Hey, remember it's there. So if it opens up again, you can just get the tears of the guy and do it. Like, how would they even know that? That is just a piece of kit sitting underneath some dirt. But Willow looked it up on the internet. No problem. In the symbology database or whatever. Was it that she was looking it up or that something that the knife said gave her a reasonable, logical jump to he needs to cry on it? I'm not sure. Oh yeah, drive the words in and then something. Oh, wait, that was that was what it said to stab. Mm-hmm. But the tears, yeah. So I think it must have been in her research that she the tears was. Yeah, the, <laughs> the knife research. itself was just about the stabbing. But yeah, my- yeah. But that was because once they have the translation on the knife, she goes and she looks some stuff up and she said, "Yeah, that'll work." And I just wonder if it was something about the knife that gave them the solution versus the seal that maybe, because apparently they've probably Googled seal of Danzelfar <laughs> right, before, right, just like right they Googled evil, evil <laughs> and got nothing. But when they decided to actually like put on their Scooby hats, yeah, they figured it out. Well, they figured out the <laughs> riddle that, again, the evil yeah. put on a fucking knife. Never yeah. tell people how to solve the problems. If I was a just, villain, I absolutely would put little clues for the hero to follow. I would do fake clues that take them to but like half New York of them City. would be red herrings yeah yeah i mean and that's so much more serious than writing it down you've inscribed it on a fucking <laughs> knife know. that's never gonna get okay. destroyed evil loves gravitas i would absolutely do that i would never <laughs> write anything on a piece of paper if i was evil <laughs> it would be in blood or in stone <laughs> good to know that's uh, awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know about the seal man my only thought is that there it has to be i mean our our friends are really looking bad this season, no matter what. Anyway, slice it, because they've been dealing with this this seal since, like, forever ago, and they just now are like, oh, wait, maybe Giles, we should figure out what Giles, to do about it. Giles should have said something. Not this not is a great Giles moment to say, hey, guys, I know something about the seal of Danzazar. This is not, though. You know what this episode fully reminded me of? Halfway through season two, after Angel had been tormenting everyone, killed Buffy's fish, drew a picture of her sleeping, they were finally like, I wonder if we can remove the invitation for him to come into our house. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Of course. We, oh, yeah. We could have done that forever. We could have done that anytime. That's me. That's egg on my face. (laughs) It'll never happen again, guys. It'll never happen again. 
Yeah. How many times could one guy lose his soul? <laughs> Come on. I mean, like, just absolutely so, so egregiously long to get to that solution. And I just felt like we were living that again with this damsel star seal thing where they're like, oh, maybe we should fix that problem. Invite me in. No. Very unlikely. <laughs> Um, the only other thing I can think about the seal of Danzathar is that perhaps there are multiple ones, like across yeah, the yeah. world. That would that would kind of make sense. I mean, obviously so then we'll Charles should have said it, something right away, right immediately, away. because they're a known, known entity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does seem like that because it seems like the seal is also what produces bringers. Mm-hmm. And are we supposed to believe that the thousands of bringers that have been hunting down popping out of Sunnydale, no one noticed? Boop, yeah, boop. Oh, <laughs> or can just max Exodus out of. <laughs> Absolutely. It also justifies why you took Andrew. Like, say you can't get back to the seal or the seal is, you whatever. You can make up whatever MacGuffin around it, but that's a reason to have Andrew because you know that you need him to stop the seal. Like, it seems like they didn't even think about this five episodes ago. They just got Andrew because he's funny and we love him. And then yep. it's like, oh, we have to retroactively make this work. And that's fine. I think I think it's cool that his tears would stop it. Why didn't we say this before? Like, it, it seems yeah. like that's a reason why you would take him hostage, right? Because you need him to be in a moment to do this. That would that would solve it all. Don't need Giles. I mean, they took him as a hostage hoping that he might know something. That was kind was of the it, entire premise, right? Was it that or just to stop him from doing evil? Because yeah, he was right? buying, like, a ton of blood uh, yeah. and was highly suspicious. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's over now. Hopefully it's the last we'll, time we we'll ever talk, talk about, about it, yeah. The we do clearly go back to the basement at the um, you know end of the end of the show, but I don't think we're going to talk about the seal explicitly again for a while, blessedly. But blessedly. I guess we'll find out together. Yep. Uh, I I will say, if we don't save the world, then nothing matters. Uh, Kennedy sassily said that that's catchy, Amanda. Let's make that our slogan. I think, unironically, is pretty good for for nihilism season Buffy, where she's constantly speechifying and everyone's going to die anyway. I think if we don't save the world, then nothing matters is a pretty good rallying cry. <laughs> Come on, guys. If we don't save the world, then nothing matters. That honestly makes me not want to do anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's not empowering or, like, motivating for me. There are two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> if we don't save the world, then this laundry doesn't matter. <laughs> brush my teeth again the world is ending (laughs) we don't save the world and it doesn't matter if i eat this whole cake right now (laughs) it works for everything uh uh going back to you andrew being funny when he's explaining the situation that they're in and he goes down to the bringers and he was like we don't know much about them except they're ugly (laughs) (laughs) they're very for the blind (laughs) we don't know much about them except for they're very ugly and they're very mobile for blind people uh super referential obviously um we get the uh, out of mind, out of sight, girl disappearing, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Buffy smacked the shit out of her. I thought that was excellent. <laughs> uh, the mirror calling me fat. I mean, you're you're right on lessons. I did think about that. I also thought about Beauty and the Beast because they stand in front of a mirror there. I just yeah. thought about every mirror mirror scene that yeah. we saw, and I'm like, I don't really know what that is, but whatever. It seems like a thing that probably happened at some point. Um, the swim team monsters go fish, killer prom dogs uh, at the prom. Um, but then everybody else gets in on, it, in on it too. Xander says, I guess I'm more replaceable, obviously. That's a reference yeah, to the, the replacement. replacement. Uh, the cheese guy shows up in Andrew's Mexico yep. Dreams. From Restless. Uh, which is great. And from Restless. And Jonathan says, um, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the, but this is not really a reference, but I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then Jonathan says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Classic old school Buffy cut 
like a you know that mm-hmm. jump cut like that which is perfect and then isn't one of the lyrics in, in once more with feeling life life isn't a story but life is just a story or something like that yeah that okay. life's not a that's song also, yeah so i think that's mm-hmm. also a life is there. in bliss life is just this and then i would also say the keys you used to be a key and then panning down to the shot of keys and then like right. that's like that feels very good season two three buffy love that shit I uh, I'm glad that you said that life's not a story thing because that immediately made me think of the uh, once yeah. warm feeling line yeah. too. Me too. And then the other reference, if you want to reach, yeah. uh, is to the pack with the little pig. I mean, I know it's oh, referencing yeah. the early episode that with the pig that Jonathan or Andrew let go, but also never forget they ate a whole no. fucking pig. I hate that. <laughs> Tell me about that. Today it's all gangs and drugs and those movies on Showtime with the nudity. I don't have cable. I only heard. When I was your age, we cared about the school's reputation and the football team's record, all that stuff. Of course, when I was your age, I was surrounded by old guys telling me how much better things were when they were my age. (gasps) Okay, so real, real discussion about logistics. One, it's not cool to hog the only bathroom in a house oh, for extended periods of time, especially not to do your business, but to minutes. make a little talking head. Yeah, yeah he could have gone anywhere. anywhere. But two, and more importantly... Sat in the backyard. backyard. There are approximately, as we mentioned, 46 people in this house at this <laughs> yes. point. Is there really only one bathroom? And we have to believe that, yes, in fact, there is, because they have mentioned an only one bathroom before. How is this functionally happening? I, I'm worried. You must have shifts. Well, if you'll notice in that scene, there are three girls waiting in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And in the course of the one minute, maybe long scene of Andrew and Anya talking, all three of them go into the bathroom and come back yep. out. Yep. So I don't know. Maybe they have super speed situations in the bathroom because they've halfway peed their pants and then they, they did the rest in. They just finished. They just so when they know lunch. they're next, they just start going. And then they, <laughs> they start being in the hallway and try to finish in the bathroom. Maybe I noticed that too. I was watching there. Maybe they went in there and the mirrors called them fat, so they just ran. Oh, I mean, maybe, yeah. Brutal. Either way, it's got to be terrible to be in that house for more than one reason. But the bathroom alone would be would be a, enough for me to not want to be there. That's for sure. Time that's to right. get a shovel. Hey, <laughs> the, we know where they are. They're all in the basement at, at school. So just go and grab one. Start digging holes in the just backyard. Go to school. Can, dig a latrine right to next dig. to uh, what's her name, Annabelle. Oh, all right. My God. How, <laughs> how sad would it be to have a shot of Dawn in the school bathroom doing like a like a hooker's bath or whatever? Yeah. Where she's like washing her armpits because she can't use the bathroom at her own house. Social worker back on Buffy's yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Your little sister was doing That would it. immediately be an issue. I would how welcome do you explain it all these other children? <laughs> we'd have more Dawn, so I'd welcome it. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And We're also, we need to get these kids out of this fucking house. Yes, let's mm-hmm. call some social workers. We have problems. <laughs> anyway, Stacia. Um, I know when you did the intro to this episode, you called out the whole thing when you're like, we'll be beltless. But I thought it was cuter when Jonathan was like, she won't be able to get out of her car. <laughs> I was like, Buffy can't drive. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have a car, but nice thought, Jonathan. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Smike just, uh, Smike, wow. Spike is just smoking in the house. Smike. I can't yep. believe yeah. that he's just lighting up a cigarette. Rude AF. <laughs> and he does it down in the basement. I almost forgive the basement. Yeah. Not really, because 2002, mm-hmm. man, people weren't doing that in 2002. Um, like, my dad used to smoke inside. Like, everybody did, obviously. Mm-hmm. But by, like, w- when we were kids, I mean, he did when I was a kid kid. 
but was not doing that by 2002. So it's like wild that he's still smoking in the house. He's an old vampire, so maybe habits die hard, but fucking hey. Yeah, I do feel like the basement is somehow like still don't do it, but it's not, at least it feels like a separate space. Well, you can like crack but a window, right. the window's above you. It's like, yeah. yeah, there's like some plausible, but you're just in the kitchen with a bunch of girls and just like, <laughs> fuck it. I mean, that just speaks to the de- the grossness of the kitchen and uh, pizza boxes everywhere and just the, oh, yeah. the rundown state. Mm-hmm. He probably just there. puts his butt out and just throws it on the fucking ground. Probably. Mm-hmm. It's Might a, as well. The summer's place is a fucking hellhole at this point. It's just like <laughs> nightmare. Hey, here's something I think you're going to be interested in, gentle viewers. Look at the fine work Xander did on replacing that window sash. You can't even tell it's new. It blends in so well. He's extraordinary. Willow and Kennedy are fucking disgusting. Stacia? Yep. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just... Them just you're just sitting on the couch in front of all these forty six people just making out just gross you're gross you guys are gross get a room anyway <laughs> station uh back to Jonathan and Andrew together with the little flashback scene in Mexico when when Andrew is reassuring Jonathan like I really thought you were evil and in Jonathan's little face and he's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like so hopeful it was so cute <laughs> oh Jonathan I, I, I love them together they're just so good we're fugitives haunted by our past tormented by a message we don't understand we're hunted men Driven mad by forces beyond our understanding. We're men of faded power, tortured from within by by a voice out of nowhere. I deserve this. I wasn't even that evil. I thought you were evil. Yeah? Sure. He has a his shy bladder. That was also very funny. <laughs> Don't talk to me! <laughs> <laughs> he barely also raised his voice in that moment, too, and then he just kept talking about mm-hmm. the knife at a barely lower register, so... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, show. What are you doing? Um, I love that Don says we're out of Raisin Bran. Uh, we're really gonna say the name of a brand here because you should be calling it the knockoff, like, dried fruit and grains or something, because... Mm-hmm. You have kids cereal, crunchy rice, wheat flakes, and organic koala crisp, which could be a real cereal. Because, like, if they made up the organic koala crisp, at least it has some artwork. I didn't look it up mm. if it's real or not. So let us know. I don't know. Not familiar. There's like Tweet a panda a version that's really expensive. So maybe, the, yeah, wow. So maybe that's an actual cereal. All the rest of it, fake as shit. Uh, I was really mad that it was called rice, uh, crunchy, crunchy rice, rice instead yeah. of rice crunchies. Yep. Because, come on, it's right there. It's right there. It's bad. You ever try mixing parts of every cereal you got in one bowl? Does it work? Gonna find out. Uh, why did no one, even for a second, suggest they just fill the fucking ceiling with concrete? Just like, just yep. fill it in with concrete. Yep. And then nothing can get out. Nothing can get dropped on it. Just fill it in with fucking concrete. The Correct. end. Done. Yeah. Even do it yourself. Nice. See what happens. I mean, you could have done that seven I mean, episodes ago. And then if somebody Sandra broke in, you would know. know how. Yeah. yeah, Sanders literally a construction guy. It would it would make the seal feel more dangerous if they did that, and then the seal still just cracked open yeah. and destroyed the concrete. Awesome. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree totally. But no, six inches of dirt was enough to do it. We couldn't be bothered to put more dirt on it. But here I am asking for concrete. That'll never happen. Uh, yep. <sighs> what? 
Interesting. Uh, when they're at the school, one small teenager just effortlessly picks Buffy up and carries her around. And I was like, in what world? What? The that... strength of 10 men. They're that getting stronger. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Damn. Huh. I hated that. <laughs> I missed that completely. I blacked out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back to the pizza boxes littering the fucking table. It is everywhere. Yeah. No one is cleaning this fucking house. And I would say... This goes back to, like, nobody is doing anything because if I was Buffy, I would say, Andrew, you have one job. It's to clean this fucking house. You are my prisoner. Clean the fucking house. Andrew doesn't even clean it for his own fucking shot with Dawn. Dawn just moves the boxes a little bit out of the way so that she can Mm -hmm. be on fucking camera. And it's like, what are we even doing here? And then Willow clears them back the other way to put her fucking computer down to do research on the knife. No one's cleaning the boxes. Pick it up. Take it, it out. really it does seem Take like you could give chores to everyone chores. and be like, you mop the floor, you mm-hmm. throw away the pizza boxes, you do the dishes, you clean the bathroom. There if are enough of you that you only have to do one task each. Yeah. If you're going to be a fake army, that is the f- that's like the first thing you would do. Everybody has a yeah. chore. It is, it's a martial thing to do. Everybody does their thing. Wake up, do your job, and then you go and train or whatever. Like, why are yeah. we doing that? What are we doing? It's a full house. I did like that the episode of Buffy turned into an episode of Community with like the post apocalyptic floor is lava, oh, paintball yeah, stuff with the riot. God. That's immediately what I thought about. Locker boys! So good. And that kid on the stairs, I pointed him out. He was like weirdly hunched oh, around. Yeah, he was just like sitting weirdly oh, on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, there was like a deleted scene. He was supposed to have lines. That his oh, name yeah. was Feral Teen. But yeah, Feral he was supposed to be like, Are you swing choir or are you banned? And Buffy would be like, What? <laughs> <laughs> but that would be too much like community and dan Harmon would have to go back in time and oh, sue them for sure, something that didn't happen that's yet. right <laughs> we get that scene of andrew filming the window sash or whatever but at first you think that he's actually filming kennedy and willow making out yeah i'm just say like good on andrew for filming the window sash because that's like the worst kissing i've ever seen in my life and i have seen teen witch multiple times <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's just like it's gross that they would do that. I don't know. That just I'm not a big PDA person to begin with, but just like every place in this house is a common space. Guys, go on a fucking date. Like, get out of this just, just sitting there. Come on, man. And yeah, gross. If they it's gross. go out, they so could be just the way that they're like weirdly chastely holding each fucking... other's shoulder shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just so like bad. it's like there's a parent watching them. <laughs> For yeah. propriety's sake. <laughs> to make sure that they keep space this for is, Jesus. This is their first kiss at a teen dance. It might be for Kennedy. <laughs> oh, God. Well, she probably oh. sent away for a permission slip to like make out with Willow, and so now they got the permission. And, yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. Oh, the God. two different relationships, Willow and Kennedy chastely kissing on the couch and Anya and Xander building furniture in yeah. the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan has been a, a good friend to me here in Mexico. His head will buy me a burro. I mean, I didn't realize this was going to be in this episode, but one of my favorite Andrew lines, which is Jonathan has been a good friend to me here in Mexico. He said he'll buy me a burro. <laughs> I wasn't ready for burro. that. Burro. <laughs> so good. Burro. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, I forgot to mention this. Or, or I think I mentioned it up top. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, the mutant enemy monster, mm. if you didn't catch it at the very end, says, we are gods. Instead of Gerard, mm. oh, I, I turned notice. it off yeah. before then. Yeah, so that I mean that happened. There's only like three times in the whole series yeah. where it's different. So this is mm. one of the times. 
Wow. Did you know? Why wasn't that in the fun facts? It was. I just didn't read it. Like, look, I'll show you. The monster sings We Are As Gods at the end of the episode. I just didn't read it. Quality. Stasia? Uh, I mean, we already touched on this earlier, but I was just like, could have closed the seal anytime. Poor now. Yep. Anytime. Anytime. Concrete. Anytime. Concrete. And you trust her? Yes. Why wouldn't I trust her? I don't know why any of you should trust each other. You've all been evil at some point, right? Anyway, Daniel. I forgot to mention this in like the the jump cuts too, but just when uh, Buffy is telling Principal Wood about the Hellmouth and then we cut to Jonathan pointing at the Hellmouth, his little Hellmouth drawing, and we cut right back. (laughs) Very funny, man. Very funny. (sighs) They're good at jump cuts. They always have been. Consistent. And that, like, that's such a thing now. And I'm not saying Buffy invented it. They definitely didn't. But uh, you take it for granted that Buffy was one of the first to execute it so well, I feel like. But mm-hmm. can't can't claim first, that's for sure. My last thing to say is is a question I didn't really want to bring up because we'll definitely go over this a million times in the next episode, but it's fucking crazy that Robin almost staked Spike. Yeah, I know. Like, I like that, though. That, that was a good touch. It was excellent, but I was going to, like, well, we should talk about what would happen if he did. I'm like, no, because we're that's the entirety of next episode, right, but, right. like, that was shocking for me for a moment. But it tickles and I'm all tense. Can't I have a cool, refreshing Zima? No Zima. Show your face about the Zima. Just talk. I have two two left. Uh, Zima, uh, you obviously enlightened us with uh, Jane Espenson. We all know what Zima know. is. It was huge back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. It was, a you know, the, the, the wine coolers. Like, that was like an 80s thing, you know, in all, like, the movies and stuff. Everybody, Bartles and James, you know, all that kind of stuff. And now it's, like, hard seltzers or, like, the new right. wine coolers in a way. Um the Wikipedia talks about a clear craze with like a whole mm. entry in and of itself. Uh, and obviously they reference Crystal Pepsi and Tab Clear as part of the mm-hmm. clear craze of the 90s. Um, and it was announced in 2017 that Zima came back. I think I did know that. And then it was only out for a couple of years. And then 2019, it discontinued in the U.S. And then in Japan, where it's been going this whole time uh, since 1993, it was discontinued in December of 2021. So. Zima oh, is no longer on the market, everybody. R.I.P. Because I feel like it's something that, I don't know. I, mean, I guess maybe people really don't drink it. So. I kind of feel like I missed out. I've never had it. I know, me too. I'm like, I'm bummed yeah, that I, I missed know. it when it came back in 2017. So I would like to have just known what it tasted like. Everybody said it was vaguely like citrus. Yeah. I admit, I always thought it was pretty analogous to Smirnoff Ice, which I, I'm sure it was similar. But Smirnoff doesn't really have a citrus note to it to me. It's just kind of like sweet. I don't know. I think I had it at when I was young, but I don't really remember. But I do remember it being sweet. And it was just very easy to drink, you know? Like a wine cooler. I I mean, that's really what it is. And if you've had. That was the first thing I ever got drunk off of was wine coolers. Seagram's. Yeah. Oh, me too. Bright red wine coolers. Yeah. Delicious. Um, I I mean, where do you even buy wine coolers today? I mean, it's something, you know, it was so ubiquitous. Yeah, I've never, never bought them. I guess I'm old enough. I don't need to buy them. But well, back that's in a the good day, question. Like something... the old school, straight up wine cooler, wine coolers that are like those violent colors that like yeah. Seagram's or whomever you said the other one, Bartles and Bartles James. Bartles and James, what? yeah. Oh, that one I'm not familiar with. But I mean, like they definitely still make Mike's Hard and Smirnoff. I but... swear those are like right in the same. If oh, they, they're all. If they, they do, they still are. exist. They would be there for sure. Yeah. But like, well, I feel like I've seen them. Yeah, for sure. But once you get to that really colorful part, in my brain, it just 
moves on. Skip. I just skip right <laughs> over it. And now you have to like get around all the hard seltzers, you know, because back in the day there wasn't really that many, but now they're everywhere. So yeah, oh, yeah. I think your brain just gets onto that. And the final thing I have to say is that um, I love the don't hurt the students. They're just students, you know, like the, the riots going on. I mean, oh, they yeah. are beating mm-hmm. the ever living shit out of all of them. But what about the five <laughs> kids that have blinded themselves? The school yeah. is about to be sued out of existence because those kids aren't coming back. Those I mean, kids are not seems... coming back. Seems less bad than the kid that just exploded for no reason. <laughs> You're right. And those kids that got blinded out of existence, they are now part of the first. So they're just going to yeah. run off to the first. They they're just gone. basically disappeared. So it's, yeah. it's better. Well, not better. Their families are in misery and they're wondering where their, child, their children are. But the school might be fine. They'll be like, hey, they disappeared on their own time. The riot that happened here, though, don't worry about it. Uh, a local 20-something blonde woman has abducted 20 girls. So, you know, people are going missing around they, here. So, not happens. Specifically, I three from Sunnydale. They specifically <laughs> said, Dawn and, and Amanda, you guys stay home from school today. Like, mm-hmm. so they are yeah. going to school. The rest of them are not. Are not. What are we be. doing? I mean, unless they've all enrolled at Sunnydale High. Now, that would that could have been a thing where Buffy went to, to Principal Wood and was like, well, listen. listen, I need all these uh, kids. Yeah. Full house. Yeah. I am that hosting cool. foreign exchange students. <laughs> but that definitely didn't happen. They foreign from New Jersey? Well, actually, no, some foreign <laughs> foreign, yeah. <sighs> Let's start from the top. You've already met Buffy. She's beautiful with a lion's heart and, and the face of an angel. She's never afraid because she knows her side will always win. Buffy and Spike have some kind of history. You can feel the heat between them, although technically as a vampire, he's room temperature. Anya, a feisty way for the fiery temper and a vulnerable heart that she hides even from herself. This lovely girl. I don't remember her name. Oh, for God's sake, is he doing that again? Please, Daniel. I need you to update us on the watches. I didn't clock anything. I wasn't I wasn't tracking for the watches. Oh, so wow. hopefully I mean it's your job. So it is it is my us. job. Xander construction outfit watch. No, he does not dress up, although we do get obviously the construction of the um the furniture. The furniture. But in the basement. That's right. we get to see the Sunnydale High blueprints again. Uh, after we had Xander explain it to us. They were poring over it in Principal Wood's office. Pretty great. Andrew admires the handiwork on Xander's handiwork on the windows. Anya admires his handiwork um, later on the construction of the bookshelves (laughs) or whatever they're doing. Um, You carpenter you. uh, So close enough. But I said no, because he didn't dress up. But maybe he did when he was putting up the bookshelves or whatever. Hey, you. Eo, uh, maroon jacket watch slash Anya belt alert again. Do not give a, a fuck about this, but we straight up said in, in this plan, you, we are beltless. And you, come on. Yes, of course. We talk about the That's belt. the show trolling us specifically. It really is. I mean, they knew we, we switched it and oh, it's amazing. Dawn's piercing screams, not in the episode. Hate it. We need more Dawn. We need more Giles. That's my super critique of the season. Ships Ahoy. I said, no, I don't think it even really comes up. Except sort of, vaguely, as we do soul stuff all the time. Uh, Little is bad. Yes, we do get a bit of fighting vampires at the beginning, captured on the tape. Uh, Buffy has a personality. I said, yes, she is distracted by somebody filming her work. She is a purchaser. I assume she's buying the groceries, although I I don't really know at this point, of low-fat milk. 
and all of the other stuff going on. Uh, she does another fucking speech, so let that be known, four for four. <laughs> she has no steak knives, but that's okay, because I doubt they fucking make steak, so I don't know what they would ever need. But also, how would you not notice, straight up, how would you not notice I... an incredibly large ceremonial dagger in your knife drawer? You put your old murder weapon in with our utensils? I washed it. That's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Just a complete murder weapon. Just, complete just murder no weapon. one knows. Complete murder weapon. With anything that has, like we were saying earlier, anything that has writing on it, it really behooves you if it's a weapon to read the writing. Even if like you, you're yeah. just, you just need to butter some toast. Be like, what? What is this? What does this say? <laughs> Can I read this? You, you I, maybe I should. Mental right note of this weird because it's not like the other knives. Although they would probably be like, <laughs> oh, this is just a knife, right? <laughs> Not like the other knives. Not like the other knives. I mean, they're all so stupid. It's just, you know that they just looked at it and were like, oh, that's a little too big for my purposes. I'll just leave it right there. Um, she doesn't, Buffy also doesn't need a biographer, but if she does have one, she wants them to be murder free. So as long as they have not killed somebody, that's all she wants. She's going to have to look outside this house. She's nothing if not consistent. I mean, that is her one line. Uh, De Hoffer and Watch. No, but wouldn't he keep sending demons? Like, why did we stop for this episode? It feels very convenient to Hoffer. Yeah. What's he planning is what I want to know. Most valuable weapon, Sunnydale cell phones. No, didn't see a cell phone mm-hmm. in sight. Michael Wicket, Amy Gothwatch. Yes, I think that the random students praying to the seal oh, yeah. is, okay. is going to help me. Yeah. I think that Willow also incorporating like that giant rock lamp and calling it a charm. <laughs> Was, that was salt new? lamp yeah. from from Ikea. She's just like, oh, this, yeah. look at the charm. Look at this charm. <laughs> Another thing we've never done, truth serums and like, oh, you have to tell the truth. Stupid. Oh, man. Jane, I love you. You do such a great job, but so dumb. Uh, there are too many damn kids in this house. And I said, yes, in principle, but we still don't have all the people because the checks cleared last week, but they did not clear this week. So yeah. it was nice to see Amanda. But, you know, real talk again, fuck Kennedy. Uh, for being at the interrogation of Andrew. She should have been with the rest of them, shutting the fuck up and minding her own goddamn business. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, is Willow okay? And I said, no. As Andrew tells <laughs> nope. us, uh, Willow and her child girlfriend have been in a bad place recently, and things are, but things are looking up. Um, and I would say the chemistry in their makeup session isn't even worth mentioning because Andrew just moves right on from it, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah. And then again, you're going to bring this up later, but she searched, you know, goat with its tongue out in the symbolic database. And <laughs> you just know you're in a rough place when that's what is it? What is even what is her job anymore? Uh, books a million. Yes. Jonathan is holding the vampire book, the vampire vampire. Um, but that's the only book I saw. I mean, there are probably books underneath the pizza boxes, but I didn't see them. Uh, Streets Ahead, no. I think this might be one of the most insular episodes we've seen. We only went to the seal. We went to the house. Uh, Somewhere in Mexico is going to be the only close thing um, because that's a street to somewhere to get there. But um, Oh, no. Correction. Yeah. Books. At the very opening scene, when we're doing our fake masterpiece theater shit, he's in front of a well, ton of books. Oh, it's like sci-fi books. stuff and, and yeah. comics. And, oh, that's right. That's I think right. That counts. That's like his head cannon. Yeah, that's true. And he's, not real he's holding books, the book, which is also fake in his brain. So, yeah. but I counted it anyway. Uh, Giles because KO, as I already said at the up top, because I cannot help myself. Uh, Buffy knows just who to talk to about the seal. Giles, you can speak to Giles. So oh my fucking god! Why even, Anthony? Where are you? 
in England, I guess. I guess. Yeah, honestly, it's it sucks that they brought him back just to immediately have him leave without explanation. Yeah. Like, wh- why? And how weak why? was the not touching him thing? Like, I think that just makes him look bad. It makes everybody look bad. It's a weird self-own on their own part. I just wish they didn't do it. They didn't need to do it. They didn't need to do any of it. You could have faked out his death from the beginning. That's fine. Get him for the first episode and then bring him back way later and be like, I've been off in the world looking for everything, man. I'm the one. I'm the the one. I'm the one who mailed you the fucking first stuff after the council blew up. You're getting mysterious Mm -hmm. packages. Oh, they're all from me. I'm all over the world. I went to Argentina. I went to Helsinki. I went to all the, all the agents. I mean, that's way better, right? Explains what he's doing. He's now off. Getting that mm. paycheck, you know they paid. I mean, it. how hard would it be to have one line like that? Like Giles is wherever, you know, fucking Carmen San Diego, and in another place to get some info because we've got nothing. It took us five episodes to say maybe we should do something about the seal. Five. Bad. Jesus. Anyway, thank you for the update. Mm-hmm. It is that time that we rank this sucker. Are you ready? I'm ready. I've been asking that a lot. Are you ready? Are you, Are you ready? ready? Are you ready? Willow Hacks, we talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes. Uh, not really in the episode, but as you mentioned, she does do one second of fake-ass research on her laptop. We do see her laptop in the shot, so I'm counting it. Mm-hmm. Willow gets a six. <laughs> wow. Dawn needs an adult. Also not in this episode. She also holds a salt lamp, which we just oh, talked about. God. I'm sorry. I'm not going to give her more than one point for the combined one second of laptop <laughs> and Ikea salt lamp. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying Ikea because I don't think that. I don't think they sell them. Yeah. They're... No. But the pink salt lamp. We have a nightlight really version am. of that. Yeah. yeah. It's a fucking lamp. Anyway. Dawn not in this episode. She only gets a five. Criminal. I hope she shows up oh, in the geez. show again. God. I miss her. Me too. R.I.P. Don. Yeah, honestly, Jesus. Monster of the Week. I guess it's the Seal of Danzelthar, uh, which is silly for many reasons, as we talked about, but I do like that we got all the callbacks out of it. That was pretty fun. Um, So no real monster, no real damage, except to the school and the kid who exploded. Um, But as we talked about, you know. And the Bringer babies. And the the Bringer babies. And the girl got (laughs) smacked by a fucking vampire slayer. Super strong. (laughs) Shy girl, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And Monster of the Week, kind of weak. Six. No one woman should have all that power. Confession. It's good for the soul. Andrew may have had guilt niggling at the back of his mind, but he hadn't really dealt with the gravity of the situation in the current apocalypse. Uh, Or more importantly, the fact that he killed his best friend. His forced facing of this in ensuing confession provides the juice to close the seal. In the last 10 seconds of the episode, as we talked about many times, Here's the thing. I killed my best friend. There's a big fight coming. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even think I'm going to live through it. That's probably the way it should be. It's very powerful stuff. Yeah. So I gave that a 10. Mm. Andrews, confession. Power of confession. Is that a thing? I've decided it is. Relationship goodness or badness? Thank God for everyone. Willow and Kennedy are back on solid ground. <laughs> uh, Xander and Anya might be over, but they're in a great place, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, solid. Like uh, They have a solid friendship now. I'm happy for that. Uh, Xander, how do you think I would like a Xander update from you? What do you think about Xander this season? Me? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, how are you feeling about him? I don't have any feelings. He's barely in the show. Is that an improvement? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> he's very and Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, he is super like. Uh, I don't know. I think that the few times we've seen him this season, he's been. I miss our fun. friends. Yeah. The the Scoobies, you know, Buffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Willow yeah. and Xander. Yeah. I know. I miss them too. 
They're not really on the show. They want want Xander to be serious, and like that's a really great touch. But it does lose the humor, which is where the Andrew character comes in. Just like they've done a lot, where they kind of take away the humor from Xander in a way. But and that's good because it does humanize. It makes him more adult. But I do, I do miss it too. I miss just hanging out together. And we could still have Xander have like these kind of jokes that Andrew has, but just told in a different way. I don't know. Well, I just like the early seasons, you know, like I think about there's this like dumb moment where they're watching like a Bollywood film together. Yeah, which is really And none cute. of them can understand what's happening. Yeah. Like you just see these like glimpses of them as friends. And I don't think these people are friends anymore. No. Yeah, no, no definitely not. Totally separated. We've talked about this forever. come back together. Yeah. yeah. That our friends, there's a chasm. No, I'm not a friend. I'm a rabid dog who should be shot. But there are forces at work here, dark, incomprehensible forces. And I'm sure they're more important than all we've been through together. Or the number of times that I've saved your life. What do you want? Fifteen minutes alone on your computer with Cordelia's database. Okay. It never, they never get back to it. Well, they and in season eight, do. they all go off in different directions, too. And it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. we just continue this thing until we have to get together to fight bad but we never really are friends that's sad which is a bummer but i still get relationship goodness or bad for nine because andrew's our real friend for real and we have to hold on to the little things that we have and i needed it to be a nine episode specific we've already beat this horse but i'm sorry hey Here's something I think you're going to be interested in, gentle viewers. Look at the fine work Xander did on that, <laughs> replacing that window sash. You can't even tell it; it's new. It blends in so well. He's, He's extraordinary. <laughs> ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Yes. Ten out of ten. <laughs> because he did the right thing, which was ignore Willow and Kennedy. <laughs> and it was I like feel the like line. I feel like that scene is bookmarked or like book ended with the scene towards the end when he um, is at the school and he's like, I think there's something going on between Spike and Principal Wood. Yeah. <laughs> Sexual tension you can cut with a knife. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> completely glossing over the lesbians making out on the couch. Yep. Completely reading into weird tension between two men. And glossing yep. over the violence. <laughs> <laughs> he focuses on what's matters. He's yeah. an interesting filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. He's perspective. He really He's got a unique eye. <laughs> 46 total for the episode. 13, 13, fuck. Three of 16 for the season yeah. above, same time, same place, and below. Conversations with dead people. That feels good to me. I mean, it still was fun, but is it better than selfless? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think selfless has like a bigger emotional punch. Which, Agreed. does that make it up so better? I don't know. But still solidly great. Still one that you'll never forget because it's unique and it's funny and it's good. Stacia? I ranked this at 13 out of 138. Mm. See? Also high. That's what's like. It's not that it wasn't good. It's just for some reason you remember it being like. Yeah. Fucking excellent. And then mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Anyway. 13 is great. Where, where, what's above? What's below? Uh, It's below Tabula Rasa in Doppelgangland. Mm-hmm. And above grave and graduation day part one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, high praise. Yeah. High praise indeed. And it's the highest of the season. Number thirteen. Okay. Oh, okay. Number one for the season. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it's pushing the dark your... place down. Or the dark age. Oh dark ages, yeah. Down, down you go dark mm-hmm. age. Sixty four now. Season seven episode. It feels so vulgar you looking at my list. I'm sorry, what's the <laughs> next season seven episode? Next close uh, Same time, same place. Oh yeah. yeah. Also yeah, we, we really all... liked that episode. Uh-huh. That was help. a sneaker. And then first date. And then selfless. I honestly forgot what selfless was. I had to look at my plot when you guys were talking about it. Mm-hmm. So 
I guess it didn't mean that much to me. <laughs> <laughs> what did you write for the plot for this? Your, your short plot. Uh, I wrote, exploding student, Xander and Anya, fuck. Hey! Caps. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I was going to put build furniture, and then I knew I wouldn't remember what that means. <laughs> so to be clear. Fuck. <laughs> you put missives all episode of uh, Jonathan has a shy bladder. Andrew cries. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. You'll definitely remember all that now. I will. I mean, I, I, I know what exploding student means. Student explodes. Xander and Anya <laughs> fuck. That's pretty clear. Okay. Jonathan has a shy bladder. Hopefully I'll remember that scene in Mexico. That was cute. Andrew cries and saves the seal. You're right. It's all there. It's no all context there. needed. It's all there. Yeah. What do you mean context? If I had put Anya and Xander build furniture, it would have needed context. It would. Like when... In oh, a, in a previous plot, I wrote that Don didn't know how to use phones, and I didn't know what that meant for the longest time. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. I still kind of don't know. It's because Buffy was invisible, and she's like, how can yeah. I talk to you if I can't Why? see you? God. Oh, I'm <laughs> gone. Don oh, doesn't fuck. know how phones work. <laughs> I'm so glad you wrote that. It's so good. Oh, Daniel, where did you rank this one? Uh, yeah, this one was great it needed to be um it's it's crazy this is probably uh on reflection like this was one that we've been talking about for years i'm sure that there's episodes Mm -hmm. going back to like probably season two season three that we've been referencing this um in our show so this is like to me the last the beyond chosen obviously a series finale but like the last must watch right the last big episode where like it's very memorable you know what's vaguely happening so it's kind of crazy that we're here I just want to like note that it's wild that we've made it this far and we're almost done. That's pretty fucking crazy to me. This episode is great. It needed to be great. I had four available. I had five available. I had 10 available. Which one is it going to go to? I'm going to hedge my bet that, that I'm misremembering the buildup to chosen and I'm going to put it at five. So that means that the number four is still available for the best, the, the you know, the top of the season. So right now, storyteller is, at number five, the best episode of this season for me. Next one below at the same time, same place at number six. Um, and then beneath you is uh, number 22. So then we drop down a little bit. Um, obviously, I didn't have that many numbers available, but those those are all great. Beneath you is great. Selfless is great. Conversations is great. Um, so yeah, four and 10 are still available for me. But hmm. I think it's good. And I'm like, all right, Chosen's probably better than I remember it. But I don't know which one of those other ones. I have no idea what's going to happen after this. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to watch because it'll be pretty much brand new for me, honestly. I think I you, I think you anything. did the right thing. I think it, five was the right call of the the options that you had. I'm I hoping can't next episode that is faith good. isn't here. Yeah, faith, right, right, oh dirty my girls, God. right. Faith is coming. Mm-hmm. Everything with Robin and Spike. I mean, if it pays off the way that I'm super excited about, it could be a dark horse number four. Man, I I don't. You never know. So, but that's the highest le- that you have left is four, right? Is number four, yeah. I mean, I. That's the thing. Do you just say Chosen's going to be good because it has to be because it's the last one? I mean, yeah. I had Chosen in like the twenties, so like I don't think yeah. it. I mean, I mean, even this one didn't stand up to scrutiny. Like again, if if I had more numbers, I don't think I. I don't know if I would. You know, because even the Zeppo, like I thought I'd put the Zeppo way. I, I that was lower than what I thought it would be way back in the yeah. day. You know, I've been way more critical, and now it's unfortunate that I've run out of numbers. So because I don't know, <laughs> I don't think it. Because like the Zeppo to me, it. That has less flaws than this. This is a bad mm. Buffy episode. It's bad, in a way, storytelling. Like it's the it's the weakest of the Buffy shit that it does in this episode. 
but it's just so charming that you just forget mm-hmm. it. So. Charming. That's a good it's way charming. to put it. It's yeah. very charming. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see how it turns out. Um, really? Before we get there, though, we have to. I have to do my obligatory asking of. Stacey, do you have anything else to say about this episode? Uh, yeah, I just want everyone to remember to practice safer carpentry. Mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice PSA. Thank you for Always that. Always wear mm-hmm. gloves. Hey, mm-hmm. that's a good. That's true. That's good. I know. <laughs> Daniel, do you have anything else to say about this episode? No. Okay, well, please join us next time when we all discover together how good Lies My Parents Told Me is. I'm hoping pretty good. It should be, I mean, I like the way that we've built it up. Mm-hmm. The tension's there. Robin's a cool character. Obviously, we, we love Spike. We get to meet Spike's mom. Oh, yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so, Sounds fun. Uh, yeah, I, I hope it's good. I, I would like to see it be number four. Uh, take the spot. Fuck you, Chosen. Gone. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Anyway, we, we'll talk about it next time. Until then, Stacia, please say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, please say goodbye. But it's a valuable record, an important document for the ages, a podcast in action. You're goddamn right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye. The man who is the heart of the Slayer machine. Yeah? The heart? Spike in the principal. There's something going on there. Sexual tension you could cut with a knife. Hello. Dawn used to be a key. I don't really know what that means. Evil is what evil does. And I know what you're doing. You was that vampire. Screwing that vampire, you filthy whore! I guess I'm... <laughs>